on today's episode of Siren Sports. Pat Bowling was alive and was still the owner of the Broncos. He would have he lost his shit. I don't know what the hell Mark Jackson has against the Nuggets and Nikola Jokic. Oh, wow. You can't be saying shit like that. Like, if this is your first time watching Jokic, that's insane. Why is the first game of the season Chiefs versus Lions? Welcome back, everybody, to episode number six of Siren Sports. I am your host. I go by the name of Town. Across from me, your co-host, Rico. How's it going, Rico? Yes, sir. Uh, tired, but you know, the grind don't stop. What can I say? The grind don't stop. We're at episode number six. 94 left to 100. 94 left to 100. You heard it. We got the countdown going, and we're going to remind y'all. We're going to keep y'all posted. Been a crazy week in the world of sports, Rico. NBA playoffs, conference finals, got the schedule release for the NFL. Looking at that, man, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a crazy couple couple months leading up into the NFL season. You know, with the NBA finals and everything going on there. What are your thoughts so far on how the conference finals are shaking out? It's getting good. My whole thing is, I would have never expected Miami first of all being up 2-0, and then the Nuggets being up 2-0. And they only need two more wins to be in the finals. So let, let's see what happens. And I'll tell you this now: so the Nuggets get in the finals, the city going crazy. The city's already the city's already going crazy. They going crazy, but it's gonna be even more wild. Like watching Game One and Game Two at Ball Arena, the fans were going nuts. Like Nuggets had all the momentum. Like it, it brings another mm-hmm. it brings another player into the atmosphere. Honestly, like. They have another man on the court, it feels like, with with the fans there. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely an added advantage, especially in Denver. The, the you have the altitude, you have the the crowd noise, you have the intensity that the Nuggets play with. I, when they're in front of their home court and they're juiced up, they're ready to go. They ain't playing around, and I, I respect it. Um, since we're already talking about the Nuggets and the Lakers, let's go ahead and start in the West. The way the Nuggets came out in Game One, oh yeah, that's and, crazy. and we're able to just put the beat down on on the Lakers. Of course, they made a furious comeback and almost made it like a game at the end. But the Nuggets found a way to pull that one out, and it took really clutch plays from role players to do it. Um, you hear a lot of the talk about switching Achimura over to guard Jokic, and the success that he found in Game One when they did make that switch the other players had to step up and they did it was it was incredible it was a team win most definitely and then also at the same time you have to look at what the or what the lakers did to start the game off i i think they messed up by going small mm-hmm. because in the first half they were well even in the first quarter they were getting out rebounded like 20 to 3 mm-hmm. on the rebound and i'm like you can't play small and Putting Hachimori in did help them adjust more and make that strive to come back. But if you're the Lakers, you, you can't go small again and do that because Jokic was just dominating them. He almost had a triple-double in the first quarter, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the amount of offensive rebounds that he was putting up uh, you know, in the first quarter was crazy. I thought he was going to finish that game with like 30-something rebounds the way he was playing. Exactly. But um, he ended up with 21, so he I think it was 34-21 and 14 assists. Like, that man balled out. And 
that leads me to another point. Uh, like, did you hear the controversy with ESPN's reporter Lisa Salters this week? Damn it. What Lisa say now? Okay. <laughs> Lisa Salters, you know, NBA analyst for ESPN, her job to watch the NBA and give proper analysis, goes on the Rich Eisen podcast and said that game one was the first time she ever saw Jokic play. Oh, wow. You can't be saying shit like that. Like, if this is your first time watching Jokic, that's insane. And you're supposed to be an NBA analysis for ESPN. Mm -hmm. But that also shows you at the same time how it's been because you see the Nuggets win and no one's talking about it. They're talking about how the Lakers lose and how do they respond. Like, it's crazy to see how the sports media is not giving any credit to the Nuggets at all for winning two games like they're in the conference finals like gives them their fucking respect already uh, yeah they and honestly i love the chip that that puts on their shoulder because it's funny after game two um lisa salters was actually interviewing jamal murray and he, he said something along the lines of well if you've actually ever seen me play before or those if you've if you've ever seen me play be like something along those lines to send that little jab at her to let her know that we're like no we see what you're saying out here and then you have mark jackson i don't know what the hell mark jackson has against the nuggets and nikola jokic to not only leave him off of the mvp ballot but he can't give a straight-up commentary. His angles are so slanted towards the Lakers, I can't even watch the commentary. Hater. I, I don't really understand that. You have these commentators commentating on games, and they're supposed to be partial. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting here trying to defend the other team and just give hate to the other team. Like, yeah. I don't know what Mark Jackson's problem is, but you're obviously not doing your job as analysis. You're supposed to be talking about both teams and not hating on the other team. But like I said, this has a lot to do with the media caring more about how the Lakers respond instead of the Nuggets winning. But, you know, Coach Mike Malone said in his press conference the other day too, like, keep talking about the Lakers all y'all want. We just go on do what the fuck we do and go mm -hmm. dominate. So, yeah. and, they, and they've been dominating. I give them all the credit in the world. Like, game two was close, and then Jamal, Jamal doing Jamal things, mm -hmm. he, he has came alive in game one and game two. And if they stay that consistent, they're going to the finals. Yeah. He, he just got to keep doing what he's been doing, making them tough shots. Mm -hmm. So the way game two transpired, that's the way I envisioned the entire series. Like, I, I thought it was going to be a hard-fought battle going back and forth with whoever can pull out the most clutch at the end. I'm I'm surprised that the Nuggets are up 2-0. I, I am. That's that's a big accomplishment, especially against the Lakers. The Lakers have been their kryptonite since the 80s. And to finally be at the peak of where we're supposed to be going against this team that is just media darlings, like, you know, people would rather put the Lakers up on a pedestal than realize – what the Nuggets are doing. People would, oh, the Lakers did this to lose instead of giving the Nuggets the credit that they that they deserve for winning those games, for making those plays happen. And people got to understand, this Nuggets team now is better than their bubble team mm -hmm. by far. And like I said, I don't know what's going to happen next. So game three is tonight. The Nuggets or the Lakers have actually defended their home court as well. They haven't lost in the playoffs. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see. I still have the Lakers putting up a fight, so... Yeah, oh, they're not gonna they're not gonna lay down and take it. Exactly. No, and for everyone saying that the Nuggets are gonna sweep the Lakers, shut up. 
Shut up for real. And yo, let me turn this back around and go the other way. If you're a Lakers fan complaining about the refs, shut the fuck up. That's the treatment y'all have gotten for the past 30 years. It's incredible to me how many Lakers fans are saying that the refs are giving the Nuggets the series. <laughs> like, do y'all watch the game of basketball? Do y'all pay attention to anything at all? The Lakers have had every opportunity to win the game and the refs did nothing to impact the game. I feel like at the end of the day, you just gotta play. If you get a call, you get a call. If you don't, if you don't. But I can understand as an athlete, you know, you want to get calls sometimes, and if you don't get those calls, you get very frustrated. But you're in the playoffs now, so you're going to have to just put up with it. And you're going to be in a dogfight regardless. So either the rest is going to side with you or they're not. You, you just got to take it. So that, that's the yeah. way I see it. In all reality, that's something you can't put excuses on when it comes to the refs. Like, if you didn't get the call, you didn't get the call. You still should have made the play. That's how I feel about it. But like, how many how many flops did they give the Lakers in the in the first two games? Like Tony Brothers, the referee, the head ref in game two, and Nikola Jokic, they hate each other publicly. They say it. They don't like each other. I will say this too. Also, Bron, Bron, Bron. All these opportunities. I feel like the problem with the Lakers in the last moments of the game is they're forcing shots they don't need. Like mm-hmm. Bron has played terrible and has sold out for the Lakers by shooting all these all these threes and stuff when the game was too close going on. Mm-hmm. Instead of shooting these threes, he should have been doing what he was doing in game two in the last minute. When driving have, the lane. Driving the lane when you have the mismatch. And that I, I think that is that's what's been killing the Lakers this whole series. Not for real. It's I'm- taking shots they don't need. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like especially in the in the later moments of the game, you would notice Jamal Murray was on LeBron. Exactly. Like uh, Murray's good, but he's not stopping LeBron from getting to the paint. Exactly. You're driving the lane, going, you're going for the dunker layup. You, somebody might try to come down and double. But then they're, then they're pulling themselves away from their man, and you have an easy shot. You have an easy shot to someone that can shoot the three, or you can draw the foul. Mm-hmm. My my observations with LeBron. In this, the first two games of the series, he looks tired. Oh yeah, he he hasn't been himself. No, he, I honestly I think I hate to say it, but I think Father Tom may have just slapped LeBron. I don't know about that. Like he he doesn't have the energy. He in in the fourth quarter he looks dead out there. His legs aren't under him. He's not driving because he's tired. Like when he when he stepped on Anthony Davis's foot and fell and was out for a good you know. 20 seconds while Austin Reeves hooked up a miracle three on the other end and somehow made it like he wasn't hurt. That boy needed a timeout. He gave himself a media timeout. He's truly tired though. I believe it. After having to play that tough seven games against the Warriors, I think what was it seven? It was six. Six, Yeah. Yeah. After the six games against the Warriors, then you're going straight into another series and you're having only really one day to rest and then you're playing another game. Mm-hmm. In altitude, too. In altitude, I can truly understand why he's tired, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, though, I still think Braun is going to He's gonna have to step. He, I know, actually, that he will step up for these next couple games. He needs to. He doesn't have a choice. Like, yeah. I feel like it hurts his legacy if he doesn't do something to at least make an imprint on this, on this matchup. Now, if he gets... I, I'm not saying it will happen, but... If the Lakers did somehow get swept, a lot of people would be, they're going to say something about him and his reputation for his legacy. But Well, people are going to, like LeBron could tie his shoe and people are going to have an opinion on his legacy about it. Yeah. Jordan didn't tie his shoes like that. 
And that's the, that's the one thing I was just talking to somebody too on Facebook about that. Like, no one is perfect. Like, yeah, Michael Jordan has six rings, but you have to forget there was times he missed game winners. He lost playoff games. Like, I don't understand why people treat Michael Jordan like he's some god, but he's just a normal human being like everybody mm-hmm. else. Like. Don't get me wrong, he's a great basketball player, but he had his fuck-ups too. Oh, it's, it's the pedestal of greatness. Like, when, when you have someone who trailblazes and leaves that level of greatness, they're going to be remembered as such, and their greatness is going to overshadow any wrongdoings they may have done. Yeah, I'm just like, he, he's still fucked up at the end too. Like, yeah, he's gotten to the playoffs, and he's getting his ass whooped in the playoffs too. Like, he's not perfect in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He may be perfect in the finals, but... He wasn't perfect in the playoffs. Like everyone misses a fucking game-winning shot. Everyone loses playoff games. Like shit happens. I mean, but that's the thing too. You can never make the shot if you don't take it. Yeah, exactly. You gotta, you gotta give yourself the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But man, that's uh, it's gonna be crazy, man. How do you think uh, the rest of the series unfolds? I still want to see seven games, but it will be better if the Nuggets want to win the series. They need to, they need to close around five. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be more harmful to the Nuggets if they closed it out faster because they – I feel like in order to to win the finals, you're really going to need to be tested. You're going to need to have that, that callus built up. They really don't need a break, if I'm being honest. Now I think about it, I, I give them six, if anything. But, yeah, because if you're sitting at home waiting for the other series to end – and it's going seven games, then you're just sitting there comfortable. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, the Nuggets, the Nuggets do need to finish it off at least in six. Yeah, I, I, it'd be more beneficial in the long run for the Lakers to put up a, at least a little bit of a fight. But, hey, if the Nuggets sweep the Lakers, I'm cool with that too. You won't catch me complaining about it. It ain't happening, though, but by the— The city would go crazy. It's already been a city divided— if the Nuggets swept the Lakers, oh my God. Social media would be going crazy. And then still at the end of the day, all these sports media people will be talking about how the Lakers got swept and how that harms bronze reputation, but not talking shit about the Nuggets going to the finals for the first time yeah. ever. I think I think that continues even into the finals. Oh yeah. Like the only I, okay, so if it's if Boston ends up winning, if it ends up being a Boston Denver matchup in the finals, the media is going to be slanted so hard towards Boston because they're, they're the media darlings of the East. Boston and LA, those are the those are the two favorites. So it's going to be more of the same. They're not going to give the Nuggets their flowers. They're going to make it look like, "Oh, this is what the Celtics did." Um however, if it goes Miami Denver, I feel like both teams are getting their flowers. I feel like both the, the media is not going to have a choice but to look at the finals and be like, okay, these two teams deserve it. If they knocked off Boston and LA to get here, like we need to be paying attention. Exactly. That's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. But it's, okay, so speaking of, we head over to the Eastern Conference Finals, man. Boston is down 2 nothing. Grant Williams poked the wrong fucking bear last night. Jimmy Jeffrey Butler Jordan. I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way. That man got the juice. That man got the juice. What can I say? He's starting to show that he is the best playoff performer. (laughs) Yeah. This man is unstoppable. Grant Williams, you poked the wrong fucking bear. You could do that shit to Embiid. You can't do that to Jimmy Butler. And it's crazy because that end of the game, there was still like six minutes left. Mm -hmm. 
when he did that shit, and they went on like a 24 to six run in the fourth quarter to finish it off. My, my thing is, I, I honestly think the Celtics' as coach is honestly being out coached too, because mm-hmm. this man is throwing his clipboard, getting pissed. <laughs> like, he's pissed off. But what can you do? You got Eric Spolster as a great coach. You got Jimmy mm-hmm. fucking Butler. Like Eric Spolster is one of the most underrated coaches in the NBA. Exactly. Like there's that boy continues to put forward uh championship game plans and put his team in in good positions. Like I don't I don't know, but I think this Miami Heat team might be the most talented 8 seed ever. Oh yeah, they're doing incredible shit. Like you can't forget they have Kyle Lowry. They still have Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. And like they have Tyler Hero, but he's injured, so he, he's out. So, but they got a very talented team for being the AC. Like, yeah, you they gotta do. Give them their flowers. Definitely no, especially to be up against Boston and the the defense that they bring and the intensity that they play with. Last night, that intensity worked against them. And shout out to Jimmy Butler for being able to capitalize on that. Man, that that was incredible. You say he's smoking that Celtics pack. He he ain't lying. He's smoking on that green. My whole thing is, where is Jason Tatum in the fourth quarter? Two games now, and you're scoreless and have multiple turnovers. Yesterday, you went, you didn't score any points in the fourth quarter. You get five turnovers. Like, what is going on, my guy? Like, if you want to cement your legacy and get to the finals again, back-to-back years, you got to show up in the fourth quarter. You can't just do it when you feel like it. Like, I, I don't know why he's struggling so much in the fourth quarter. I, I think it's just a, a credit to Miami and the defense they're playing and making it difficult for him. Is Tatum's one of those guys, he's very much like Jamal Murray. Like, he can just warm up and heat up at any time. So to, they have to be consistent and play defense on him. And shout out to them for doing it. You know, you it's hard to keep someone like Jason Tatum scoreless in the fourth quarter. And they've been doing a phenomenal job. In, on the road. On the road. So I'm just like, my whole thing is, are you going to strike back? Because you're down 2-0. You, you can't get swept. And there, there's going to be a lot of talk because somebody's supposed to be getting a bag this year after the off, during the offseason. So. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting series, man. I, I, I didn't anticipate Miami being up 2-0. Um now, Boston, if they want to have any sort of chance, they have to go into Miami and they have to win two games. And the boys got to step up. Mm-hmm. That's going to be difficult to do because, you know, that place is going to be jumping. Miami's going to come ready to play and they're going to hold their shit down. Exactly. So Boston needs to needs to really look in the mirror and figure out how much do you want it. Because if you don't want it, you might as well just pack your bag, be done in four. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, Cancun. Exactly. One, two, three, Cancun. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to see if y'all got it in you. If you don't, Cancun. Cancun. Hey, that's a nice little vacation spot, though. Y'all enjoy the sunset. Watch, you know, fucking watch Jimmy Butler and Nikola Jokic in the NBA Finals. That'd be crazy. Whew, man. All right, so how do you see the rest of this series going? Seven games be nice. I enjoy the seven games. I don't know what it is. It it just makes that seventh game so competitive. Because anything could happen in a, in a game seven. You could have the worst shooting night of your career, and your team loses because you didn't you you weren't able to put the ball in the hole. But at the same time, I think it's really going to be hard for the Celtics 
the Celtics to win on their home court. So I can give them one win, but the Heat might be done within four or five. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna. I think it's going five. I think Boston finds a way to pull one out on the road. They split, and yeah, I think Miami closes it out in Boston. Cause Jimmy Butler ain't fucking playing. Mm-hmm. He ain't playing with him. He's not, man. Like I've. It's been a long time since I've seen a playoff performance like Jimmy Butler's putting together right exactly. now. Exactly. It, it's been a while. Like, you can tell he wants it bad. Like, the past three years, he's gotten so close and fallen short. But you know he wants to get back there and win a chip. Because mm-hmm. if they win a chip, once in the offseason, you're getting more people to come play for Miami. Mm-hmm. So Well, it's not like Miami's not a destination as it is. Exactly. But they're going to be like, Shh. I want to go play with Jimmy. Yeah, exactly. And I'm hoping a lot of that comes with the the Nuggets, too. Because the Denver is not a premier free agent destination in the NBA. Now, in in the NFL, especially when they had, you know, Peyton Manning, and everybody and their mama wanted to come play with Peyton. But in the NBA, it's a different story. Pete, like, we're a, a medium-sized market with a very loyal fan base. And in terms of national attention, the Nuggets don't get it. At all. Yeah, so it's it's very it's very hard to to see the, how the media reacts and treats the Nuggets. Like it's hard for me to not take that shit with a, a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. But man, shout out to them for for using it as fuel. Uh, and that shit to the fire. In in the words of Mike Malone, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yes, sir. Smoke that shit. But I give them credit all in the world. I give them, I give them all the credit in the world. Like, they doing their fucking thing. So. Mm-hmm. No, for real. They really are. And, man, uh, it's going to be a crazy road to the finals. We're, we're almost there, man. Almost there. Game one is in June. Yeah, that's the crazy right. thing, June is like in two weeks. So. Yeah, it's, it's right around the corner, man. So we'll be here the whole time guiding y'all through, looking at these playoffs. It's been incredible, man. It's been incredible. Shout out to all the teams, all the coaches, all the players. Y'all are balling your asses off. Keep doing it up. It's very entertaining. We love to see it. We, we do. We do. All right. I think we're going to move on to our next topic. We're talking about the NFL schedule. Yeah. How you feeling about the NFL schedule, Rico? You know, we got some pretty nice games that are happening this year. There's a lot of new faces playing against their old teams this year. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be very interesting to see. No, it really is, man. And you you look at the schedule and you of, of course you look at this schedule through last year's lens. Like of who the team was. Every year is different. Every year is full of surprises. There's always a worst to first. There's always a first to worst. There's there's some crazy shit that happens in the NFL and it's unpredictable. And I like to look at the schedule and come up with a how I think the the season's gonna go. Never happens that way. Oh yeah, at all. <laughs> but um, so how I think we're gonna look at the uh, the upcoming schedule is we're going to break down three of our most intriguing games, and I have three, you have three, so we're gonna bounce them off of each other. Um, I'm gonna have you go ahead and start. Give me your third. Number three, I'm going with an international game. Mm. I'm going with Chiefs Dolphins in Germany. Oh wow! Okay, that's gonna be a good game. Yes. I mean, health pending. Health pending, exactly. <laughs> so that game, we get to see Tyreek Hill face his old team, mm-hmm. and you know, the Dolphins got a nice, they got a stacked team too. They just, yeah. they just got Jalen Ramsey too. 
Hopefully two is healthy. And then you have Vic Fangio taking over that defense. You got Vic Fangio taking over the defense. And you got the 2022 NFL champs, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey. Man, it's the, the Chiefs are the Chiefs are so dominant. The Chiefs are such a powerhouse. The way they carry themselves, both offensively and then the way they showed up in the playoffs on defense. Exactly. Now, granted, this isn't exactly the same team, but they're still going to bring that that same core, that same you know that same energy, that same fight. Looking, I was looking at the Chiefs schedule, and honestly, I have a little bit of a beef with the way the NFL put the Chiefs schedule together. Why is the first game of the season Chiefs versus Lions? Yeah, I, I didn't agree with that. I really wanted Chiefs versus Eagles week one. Chiefs-Eagles week one or Chiefs-Bangles? Yeah, or, or Bills because they played the Bills against yeah. you. I, I wanted that. But also, I, I give them shit for this too. I don't think this game should be in Germany. I want to see. I want to see this game at Arrowhead. Yeah, I could. I understand that the the NFL is hellbent on going international. Yeah, like they they keep expanding. They keep you know adding different uh different games to different countries you know london germany now i i think that i heard something about trying to get a game in mexico or something like that so yeah they won't have a game in mexico this year but the jaguars will have two games in london this year they may as well just move to london i, I think there's been a lot of talk about it going on lately so i i think that much towards that so got you but i don't know how you can do that though have one team in london and then Teams traveling back and forth. Like I, how I think that would have to work is they would have to give the London team their schedule in blocks. So you would have to say go to the states and knock out all your away games, and then fly back to London and have each team fly in to face you. Yeah, because I, I feel like it would just be a lot. You have to, you got to find a way to figure out how to do that because. Mm-hmm. You're playing thousands of miles away from the United States. Yeah, and then like you would have to also coordinate it with the other team's schedule. Like traveling to London and then back and then playing a game within the same week, that is crazy. It's insane because so, most teams that do it, when you travel over to London, the next week you have a bye. You, you have a bye, exactly. They try to work that in. And I don't know how you do it. I, th- the, I think the only way you could do it is if you added a second bye week. Yeah, that's the only way I see it happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would have to be. Each team would have to get two bye weeks, and then you would have one after an international game. Yeah. And I don't know. I, that that just seems like too much logistically to try to put together. Exactly, and then it's a longer season. Mm-hmm. Who, who, who you got for your number three? My number three. Oh man, this is uh, this is going to be a little bit more of a local reference, a local game. I got the week five matchup between the Denver Broncos and the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers, led by our uh, our old buddy here in Denver, Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> and then you got, of course, you know, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson on the other side. I say it all the time. I think the Broncos are going to be better just because of the fact that Sean Payton took control of that. Oh, yeah. Like, the, Nathaniel Hackett and the way he coached the team last year, he was... Dog water. He, he was like a kid in a candy store with no money. Like, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know where to go. He didn't know. What, so he gave the keys to Russ. 
And Russ clearly proved that he cannot be the focal point of the of the franchise. You need to be a piece. Exactly. And we even saw it when Jerry Rosberg took over the last couple games of the season that he he said, I don't give a shit. We're going to do things my way. And he went as far as firing coaches his first day in office. And they looked like a way better team. Yeah. They, they were running stuff that they had run in Seattle with Russell Wilson. And shout out to, you know, Jerry Rosberg for putting that in position. But I think Sean Payton is going to take that to a whole new level because he has an expectation for his offense. And if you're not playing the way he wants you to play, he's putting your ass on the bench. You don't care if you're making 50 million a year. You get And Russell Wilson, you don't get your own office no more. Russell Wilson, your personal quarterback coach, he ain't on the Broncos roster. He don't get a key card anymore. Those uh, parking spots for Sierra. No one else's wives get that get that shit. Exactly. Take that shit away, bro. You are not special. You are a member of the team. Treat yourself accordingly. I think that was the huge problem with last year. And I'd say this: if Pat Bowlen was alive and was still the owner of the Broncos, he would have he would have lost his shit. Mm-hmm. You don't get those type of privileges, and you're fucking we're having a losing season. Yeah. Like as a Broncos fan last year, it was embarrassing as hell to see the way they performed. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt so bad for the defense that they had to go out every single Sunday and deal with the bullshit that the offense was doing. It was like... It was like the 2015-2016 seasons all over again with a, a tremendous defense but a dog water offense. Exactly. And at least in those seasons, you know, we like we took a team to the Super Bowl and won with that, which was an anomaly. That's not ever going to happen again. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the next year we had a, a winning record as well, but, you know, didn't make the playoffs. So that just, I think that's more of a testament to how good that 2015 defense was. Because no they, fly zone. Yeah, they, I'm, no fly zone. Okay, man. So what's, uh, what's your number two? Y'all might get mad, but I hope people just don't think I'm putting Chiefs on here, just putting them on here. But my number two, I got Chiefs Eagles week 11 in KC. Mm, mm, Super Bowl rematch at Arrowhead Stadium. Like that's that's the that's the thing that like it's not really discussed. Like the Super Bowl's a, a neutral site. Exactly. So there's not really an advantage. But you take the Eagles going into Arrowhead, that is going to be a test of all tests. And it's a Monday night football game, but also at the same time, you know, Casey, they got they got diehard fans, but Eagles fans I hear travel very well too, so mm-hmm. It's, it's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting matchup, you know. I I want to see the rematch and see how it plays out now because that was a it was a great Super Bowl. The ending may have been bad, but it was a great Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to see this rematch. No, for sure. Yeah, I I want to see the rematch too. Um, yeah, the Super Bowl did end a little controversially, but. Again, we go back to what we said earlier. You can't have the refs be the excuse why you didn't win a game. You have to look at yourself in the mirror. And, you know, from my understanding, Jalen Hurts has done that. Jalen Hurts has looked at himself in the mirror and said, I need to be better. I need to do more to lift this team up. And if I do more, my teammates will do more. And then it's it's a chain effect that all of a sudden you have a whole team that's playing for each other. And... A little off topic, but it's relatable. That's where someone I feel like Joel Embiid is is not on the same caliber. That's what he's like. Because at the after getting eliminated, instead of taking responsibility for not doing enough for your team, 
the first thing you do is throw your teammates under the bus for them not doing enough? Exactly. Like, no, you're the MVP of the league. You're the alpha of that team. You need to take responsibility if your team loses. That's on you. It don't matter what your teammates did. And that's what I love about Jalen Hurts. Like, he has gone through so much since he was at Alabama. Like, that man's a natural born leader. Mm -hmm. Like, he knows when he has a bad game. That's on me. It's back to the drawing board. That man's just a great leader. What can I say? Yeah, I just... I want to see him do it with consistency. Yeah. Like, he's he's gotten better every year, so I just want to – I don't want to see him take a step back this year. At all, because he played phenomenal last year. He did. I want to see him excel more. I want him to be more in the MVP talk this year. Yeah, he should have been right there last year too. Exactly. He played – I think it was the missed games towards the end of the yeah. year that kind of – That's what it was. Yeah, but yeah, man. So that's uh, that's your number two. My number two? Oh, man, I think uh, – I think the Eagles deserve a spot on this list as well. We're going to go the Week 12 matchup. Philadelphia Eagles-San Francisco 49ers rematch of the NFC Championship game. I was going to put that on there, but I, I changed it because I think I, have a, I think I have a great number one. So I was just like, let me take that off the list. But that, that one is going to be great too. I don't even know who's going to be the quarterback for the 49ers when that game happens. There, there was rumors Purdy might be out the whole year, huh? Yeah, so it's probably going to be Trey Lance. If, if, it's, if it's Trey Lance, like, you know what? At least the, at that point, the Niners would have a quarterback. In the NFC Championship game, they didn't. Yeah. Like, they, they were on practice squad quarterbacks at that point. So it's going to be good, even if it is Trey Lance, which I, I still struggle to see the worth of trading three first-rounders for Trey Lance. Like, but even if it is him. At least they have a quarterback. At least they have someone who can keep it somewhat competitive. Yeah, because that, that game last year, oh, boy, the Eagles. The Eagles ran them out of the stadium. Oh. Like, it's it's fair to say, though, the, the Niners knew they didn't have a chance. Oh, yeah. Like, the second Purdy went down, you know that whole team was deflated. Exactly. It, it just went bad from there, but... I think if both teams stay healthy, that's gonna be a great game. It won't be a it won't be a blowout like it was. No, no, definitely not. And I think that's where someone like Kyle Shanahan is gonna really scheme his offense. Like growing up watching Mike Shanahan and the way he operated the Denver Broncos offense translate to how Kyle runs the West Coast offense in the same the same way, but his own wrinkles to it. That man is a genius. Oh yeah, because McCaffrey be running the rock. He gets his touches too. Mm -hmm. They implement run plays with Debo. Like and then you have, like you said, Debo Samuel. You have Brandon Ayuk. You have playmakers all over the field on the offensive side for the Niners. You got the best blocking tight end in the league, George. And see, we we talk about about the about the players, and we barely get to George Kittle, who's one of the best in the league. So they they have all the tools to make it happen. That defense, crazy too. It's, it's just a, a matter of if everybody can stay healthy and if they can put it all together. Yeah, the Niners, man, they're, they're going to – I know they have a chip on their shoulder with the way that oh, yeah. the NFC Championship game happened. They got a bad taste in their mouth. Oh, for sure. And I'm sure their fan base does too, and I'm sure they're looking forward to their opportunity to get back at them. All right, you ready for my number one? All right, let's hear your number one. My number one – Bills, Jets, week one, Monday night football. Monday night, the debut of Aaron Rodgers in his Jets jersey. I'm going to say this now. I think this game will show who wins the division. Okay, you putting it on a week one matchup? I'm putting it on a week one. 
Okay. I'll put it on week one. Like me personally, I lean more towards that being decided in the second matchup. The AFC East is going to be such a crapshoot this year. Aaron Rodgers is a huge X factor in that division. If he plays up to his MVP level, they're going to be competitive in it. If Josh Allen plays up to the MVP level that he can play at, they're going to be competitive in it. I mean, honestly, let me rephrase that. They're going to be competitive in it anyway because of Josh Allen. Um, Tua, if he can stay healthy, I think that team can make a make a real push in the AFC East. Um, Patriots, yeah, but. I don't think the Bills is gonna win it again, though. I, I think, it wouldn't surprise me. I think it's it's pretty much ever since Brady left, it's their division. So being second place between Dolphins and the Jets, it's gonna be a toss up. But I think I think the Bills got it. Yeah, I I can see, definitely see that happening. They're the most consistent. They're the most pedigree champions in that division right now. Um, I could see three teams from this division making the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I I can see all three of them making the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Man, that's a a crazy matchup, man. You, with Aaron Rodgers switching conferences, going to play now... You're going to get two matchups a year with Josh Allen, two matchups a year with Tua, and it's it's crazy, man. Like, it's going to be a... It's going to be a big experiment. Yeah, that's going to be a tough division. Tough division. Ooh. Very tough division, man. I still got the I, I got the Bills winning week one though. Okay. Do you, do you how do you think Aaron Rodgers does? Like in in terms of does he come out and light it up or does he come out and have to work his way into the offense? If Hackett since Hackett's the OC, I don't think he'll have problems. I, I don't think he'll struggle unless I don't know. Unless Father Tom catches up to him and he's just not the player he is anymore, he'll struggle. Mm-hmm. But I don't see him struggling to start it off because they're so used to running the offense together. Yeah, my my biggest thing that would possibly say that he might struggle is, yes, Nathaniel Hackett was the offensive coordinator in Green Bay, but that wasn't his offense. Exactly. Yeah, that was Matt LaFleur's offense that he ran. And, you know, it was LaFleur calling the plays. It was LaFleur making the decisions. So if Nathaniel Hackett has that power where he proved that he couldn't handle it last year in Denver, I could see that really putting a roadblock in Aaron Rodgers in that New York offense. Yeah, because I don't know. I I really don't know what happens when it comes to them. Either they'll start off slow or they'll start off fast. Mm -hmm. We don't know. I don't know. Yeah, well, hey, there's only one way to find out, and that's sit and be patient and wait, and we're going to figure it out. But uh, that's a great number one. That's a great number one. Uh, my number one is actually not too far off from yours. I have the week four matchup between the New York Jets and the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, look, look at the Chiefs getting all the love. Today. The Chiefs and the Jets, man. We Chiefs, Jets, and Eagles. We like we showed love to them today. They getting all the love. But like, and you look at it from a from an intrigue standpoint. How often do you get an Aaron Rodgers Patrick Mahomes matchup? Rarely. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's only happened like one or two times, if I'm remembering right. But it's two of the best and two very competitive teams going at it. I'm looking forward to seeing how that transpires. Mm-hmm. You got the Jets' amazing defense mm-hmm. against that. They, I don't know. I don't. KC has one of the craziest offenses, and I don't know what it is. They're just so great, and they get disrespectful with the play calls. Mm-hmm. But you love to see it. 
And I'm not a Chiefs fan, but seeing them do it to other teams other than the Broncos, it's enjoyable. When, when they do that shit to us, it pisses me off. So. <laughs> well, I mean, the Broncos in their their history with the the Patrick Mahomes led Chiefs hasn't been all that great. Yeah, we're trash. Yeah. Yes. They at least you know. They make it interesting. They 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 keep they keep themselves in it, and then they find a way to blow it right at the end. Or we find some way of getting fucked. Yeah, <laughs> like last year. It, it, it's it's been a it's been a while since the Chiefs had like really had their way with us though. Yeah. Like we've we've made it competitive. We just haven't found ways to win those games. I think this year will be the year. I hope so, cause like like we talked about a couple weeks ago, I feel like Sean Payton is the one that can match Andy Reid. This is the year. This is the year. And with the, with the Raiders, too. The Broncos have low-key had a slide against the Raiders. I think that changes week one. Yeah, I, I hope so, man, because they're playing in Denver. It's going to be a f- uh, – the atmosphere in, uh, in Power Field at Mile High is going to be electric. Uh, the debut of Sean Payton. Since – I I was talking about this the other day with one of my classmates. Since 2000 or 2001, the Broncos have only lost – Three home opener games. Hmm. Okay. Only three. Damn. That's good to know. I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. And one of them was against the Raiders. So I, I think that changes again. So uh, I think the Broncos got this one. Yeah, I, I hope so. They they need to get it together. Uh, but, yeah, man, the Chiefs and, Chiefs and Jets, that's going to be an amazing matchup. Uh, can Kansas City, can their defense hold up? That's what we I mean, they sh- they showed up in the playoffs, but I mean, playoffs and regular season are very different things. Exactly. So, I don't know, man. And you look at the Jets' offense with weapons like Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and you know uh, Lazard, Allen Lazard. You getting uh, Randall Cobb? You getting the whole? You're pretty much getting the Packers' receiver core. Um, Even I don't know what you want Randall Cobb for. I, I think it's just the honestly. I feel like it's more of a veteran presence. I feel like it's someone who understands the system that's being run enough that he can guide the younger players to be in the right position. They try to get Odell. That's going to be interesting though, seeing Odell in Baltimore. But like, yeah, Odell. If he would have went to the Jets and been playing with uh, Aaron Rodgers, that would have been crazy to see those two together. But. Is Odell going to be fully healthy? He had a whole season off, so I think he will be. I think he will be. It's ACL ain't nothing to fuck with, though. It's not. Like some players tear their ACL and they they never they're never the same. Mm-hmm. But they said and also too, another person that has an ACL injury, Javante Williams should be back by training camp. Or the start of the preseason. I think they need to not rush him back. I think they need to take their time, let him come back when he's ready. Kind of do the same way Jamal Murray did when he tore his ACL last year. Like you had people mad as fuck that he wasn't playing, but he was just like, "Look, I'm I'm taking my time. I'm making sure I'm good. I'm making sure that I can play at the level I want to play at." That injury is not it. No, it's not. It's really not. And it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting NFL season, man. I'm I'm excited. I always love the NFL. Like I, I love sports in general, but the NFL is my baby, man. I I can sit there and talk NFL all day, every day. We're looking at a good season here. Mr. Goodell, if you have the script, we'd love to see it. So we don't get our hopes up. I know, so I don't get my hopes up. Bruh, I'm I'm not getting any hopes up. Yeah, like no. from the way the way I look at it. Yeah, the Broncos have some potential, but how potential does nothing but get you fired. So show me. We'll see what happens. Show me the money. Show me the money.
But all right, Rico, I think that's been a cool little episode for today, keeping it slight. Both feeling a little uh, little tired today, so we figured we'd uh, shorten it up a little bit. But, uh, man, it's been a good episode. I appreciate you, as always, coming out and uh, chopping up some sports with me. Yes, sir. Yeah, y'all already know. So we love to see it. Episode six right now, ninety four left. Ninety four left. I don't. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let, till till one hundred. I don't want people to think we're stopping after a hundred. Oh yeah, yeah. We're not stopping after a hundred. So, just so <laughs> you know, we we keep going. There's gonna be a one on one, and a one on two. One thousand episodes. Yeah. Oh, we start. We starting that countdown. <laughs> nine nine hundred ninety four episodes to go. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> uh, that's funny. But all right, man. We're gonna head and wrap up here. Well, thank you for tuning in over here at Siren Sports, man. Make sure y'all go hit us up on all the social medias: Siren Sports Pod, TikTok, Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's where we drop the exclusive video. Rico, you want to plug your social medias for the folks? Let the people know. Tell your mom, tell your daddy, tell your grandma. I don't care. Follow me at Follow Juice on TikTok and Instagram. TikTok and Instagram, you heard that. Father Juice. I go by the name of Town. You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Town5280 for Siren Sports. Thank you for rocking with us. Catch y'all next time. Out! Siren Sports is part of the Imprint Media Network.